Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Well, hey everybody, Wes McDonald here, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Tiger Paw Radio. And if you actually see us on the screen, that means you're watching us on TigerTube. So thanks for tuning in there as well. <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited today, my guest, Mr. Matt Lee, I want to thank you very much for coming on the program today. Uh, we're going to be talking about something that is pretty insidious, that is really affecting every single organization uh, across the planet right now and that is security. And one of the things, Matt, that I love that you talk about is this idea of making it defensible, right? And we'll get into that topic in a bit, but maybe just for our audience, for those that don't know you, uh, maybe let them know who you are. And if you could, Matt, uh, maybe share one interesting fact about yourself that people may not know. Well, I'm going to start you know, by saying thank you for having me. West, I've been a bit of a fanboy of yours since early in my career, and uh, you know it's always nice when I get to hang out with my friends and, and chat about stuff that really I'm passionate about. Uh, one interesting fact: I uh, I have no depth perception. I played nose guard for a reason. Uh, <laughs> I cannot catch a football or nor baseball. Objects appear like they are getting larger rather than somehow becoming more proximal to me. Uh, my eyes do not point in the same directions. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> that and the stigmatism really just seals the deal. But uh, yeah, I think wow. it's, it's, not, it's known, but. Uh... <laughs> so, so that's amazing. So like there's no 3D perception. You've never had it. Did you lose it? Did you one time know what nope. it was like? Nope, never. It's calculative, right? Like I, I literally have to drive by seeing objects get larger and understand the, the, the basic size of a car right if that makes sense it does. <laughs> so, yeah, what a weird thing to get my head around <laughs> yeah it's just weird the way the brain overcomes things right well so. you know misery loves company right but i can tell you that age-related uh, macro uh, degeneration is oh me as well so you have field of vision view loss for sure I yeah <laughs> yeah i know that disease so yeah. wow well thanks very much for coming on today uh, uh you know security is such a big deal we were actually talking before the show um, I saw some news that was posted. I think you actually posted a link on LinkedIn as well uh, for our good friends at R Evil. So yep. maybe, you know, give our audience a little understanding of that because I think the news uh, today, if I'm not mistaken, was pretty big, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty huge. Well, I'll, get, I'll walk us through because this is a great landscape to discuss kind of where we are. So R Evil or, or Revel, I don't care, however you're reading it and putting it in your brain, um, is, is a ransomware gang. Their, their job is to either gain access themselves through their own efforts like phishing, uh, other simulated attack or methodologies, attacks, vulnerabilities, exchange vulnerabilities, things like that, or they're buying it from access brokers, people that have already gained access because there's a whole ecosystem of gaining access into companies and then selling that. And actually, there's an interesting story two days ago where they actually nailed an access broker or doxed an access broker. But ultimately, access broker or, or themselves granular created um, you know, organic, they, they move forward and then deploy ransomware, right? They've also morphed since then, since about November or so, or, or September when I had an incident response that I was involved in um, that was related to this. But our evil was a Russian believed, uh, in, in Russia believed gang, not necessarily state sponsored, but certainly for their own monetary gain, cyber criminals. But eventually every ransomware gang started exfiltrating data as well as their primary methodology. So before they would do the ransomware, and I'll do the ELI5, ransomware bad, 
Ransomware makes your files not usable. So if anybody's listening doesn't know that, that's ransomware is a methodology to deny you access or out of the CIA triad for security, availability, and a little bit of the integrity, right? But they take away the access to those files and destroy systems and things. And so, but they do that to make you pay a ransom so that you will pay them money in Bitcoin that is in their mind was untraceable and that's changed significantly over time. But ultimately, our evil had a sanction out of, or a, a sanction placed on them about three weeks ago in Russia. There's a geopolitical kind of effort to drive Russia from our sanctions and from our, our, our kind of pressure on them to start arresting these people. Now, that doesn't change the world. There's thousands more behind them and, and they're simply shifting, right? We've heard evidence of some of the Russian state actors uh, or the Russian gangs and Russian uh, cyber criminals and threat actors um, have started now working for China as proxy agents, have moved to China, have started coming from Chinese IPs, have started mixing their knowledge of how they do what they do into the Chinese state and espionage aspects. But I say all this to say the best thing you can do is harden yourself. That's it. The best thing you can do is reduce the risk, take away the vulnerabilities, take away the access brokering, train your people, remove the phishing efforts, try to protect yourself, try to become in this level of understanding, right, to where you are actually protecting yourself. And, I, and that advocation goes to SMB uh, more so than it does to MSP. I think MSP is the delivery arm, but yeah. I think SMB has to understand that if we want to have the same lives for our children, this is what drives me as I had growing up when I trusted technology, when I believed in what I had in my hand, when I had this magical marriage of something that made me better, able to talk to friends closer, all the magic that comes with what drives technology, why we buy it. If they're gonna have the same thing, we have to have better standards. We have to harden ourselves. We have to find ways to protect ourselves. We have to educate. We have to be in one solid movement, able to be better at cybersecurity posture. It's that simple, yeah. that's, what's, that's my mission. So. I'm certainly glad that you're doing it. And, you know, as we, you know, have talked about in the past that there are lots of uh, folks like you that are passionate about doing this as well. Right. And, you know, to I'm give but our, a baby. Yeah. There's tons <laughs> well, of them. No, just to give our <laughs> listeners some, I, I look at it like, like an army, right though. And, and I certainly wouldn't say you're just a, like a regular soldier. I'd say you're up there in the ranks, but nonetheless, that there's maybe to that last Thursday. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's this equal effort on you know on on the good side of the force if you will you know to yeah. be able to do this right and that's and that's one of the reasons i wanted you on today is to talk about that with people uh, to really help them understand okay if we're talking about hardening if we're talking about uh, making their um, security stack more defensible um, yep. how do we do that right so maybe just some basics so if i'm uh, like you said looking at the smb space right if i'm an organization what are some of the you know the fundamentals that i can you know can do to make it more defensible my security more defensible yeah, yeah. Um, I, I want to finish setting a little bit of the stage really quickly, and then I'll jump right into that. Please, right? yeah, absolutely. So, I I don't want to paint this picture of of of, of loss, but I, if I was a general on the battlefield, I want to understand the battlefield. And I think what you have is much like the industrial revolution. When I made a steam engine, they were likely to blow up. When I made an internal combustion engine, they were likely to throw a rod out and kill someone. When I started doing those things, when I built a house, and it was likely to collapse under the snow. When I built a as we watched our world, you know, industrialize and become the modern world we live in today, a lot of people died. A lot of things failed. A lot of very, you know, immature products and immature standards and lack of governance and lack of regulation and lack of those type of things went away, right? You know, you bring you back to the diamond sewing machine fire where I think it was like 300 women burned to death because they chained the doors closed until it was time to open for the next break. 
so that no one would take a break they weren't supposed to take. Well, now you have exit bars on doors in, in most countries, right? And so you start getting into, I say that with a grain of salt, that's not necessarily true, but in the countries <laughs> I've been in. There are. <laughs> so there's probably countries where, anyways, I delineate, but all right, I'll get back to the point. But the 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 point is, is that this is a problem you can't solve. And what I'm going to be saying to you today is 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 an answer for today's battle. It is not what the future state looks like, right? And so I want to say that because a lot of people are a little bit shocked when I kind of say the way I explain defensibility today. And I, and I start just like if anybody's ever played sports, the first day you walk on that field, you have zero clue what the hell you're doing, right? At all, yeah. none. And it takes training and it takes exercise and it takes learning the rules and understanding the rules because you can't just make physical decisions without understanding the implications. If I grab your jersey and I'm on offense and I pull you to the ground, I have changed the play in a material way. I'm going to have a flag. We are going to go backwards. And I have failed because my physical action that I made out of impulse was not what the rules said I can do. Now, I might have been known to punch you in the balls every now and again under the line. But the <laughs> point was, you knew what you could get away with. No, yes. the reason I say this is, in cybersecurity, if we're all walking down this journey, we're all babies, and I'm a baby, I'm still learning every day. But as we walk down this journey, we have to understand that a okay policy beats no policy. Yeah, I love and, it. Love it. <laughs> so defensibility is this. In and, the and United before States, you go on now, I actually want to, you know, thank you for that. Um, actually giving us some perspective, right? Because that that's one thing I hadn't really applied to it is that you know, history teaches us lessons. So when industrialization industrialization started, how messy it was. How Bro, look look at cars yeah. now. You imagine yeah. cars without airbags or we had cars for sixty years before we had seatbelts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, so let's it, just that be really here. just it, it really hit it home for me, right? That thanks, uh, man. Yeah, that we're never done there. So I really appreciate that, and that you know this too shall get much better. And that we're just yeah. kind of those early stages, right? Wow. So I apologize for running you off track again. Let's talk defensibility. Just no, really no, well. you're, I, I added that context because some MSPs have been somewhat arrogant in, in response to me, especially the more mature ones and saying, that's bad advice. No, it's me coaching someone to where yeah. they need to be from where they are today. And so what I would say is that the proletariat, the general, most MSPs that I've ever met and counseled and have tons and tons of friends in, in, in MSPs that are owners and in every, every position, um, really just are trying to figure out what to do. They've been told for so long by vendors that 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 this antivirus or or this protection for, for for ring fencing or this whatever is the solve. That's no more true than the scalpel and the light and the the sanitization equipment and the anesthetization equipment in a surgery room, surgery room or how I'm going to have a chance of outcome being good. Horse crap. It's a doctor. It's the surgeon. It's this the nurse staff. It's the equipment. It's the processes. It's the procedures. It's how they decide to give their post-surgical dose of antibiotics. It's all of those things. And, and so when I when I say that, we know that we're just now trying to figure this out. And we do have some good tools and they do reduce risk. And if you look at some of the cybersecurity frameworks, they start with protect first. So there's no denying that adding tools and adding the things you need is part of the world. No denying. You have to do it. You have to go down the space. But you have to do it in a way that's defensible. And what I mean by that is you can't just simply say, I'm the smartest guy or gal in the room anymore. If you look at the, the maturation of, of doctors from the 1800s to now, and I, I like using you know, kind of historical anecdotes because they, they ring true, they repeat, right? There's some brilliant quotes around that. But the point is, is that in the beginning, doctors could saw off a leg or they could put leeches on you. 
And you and I were, but were doctor buddies and we'd send a letter back and forth and we found out new ways or new places to put the leeches. And ultimately that became antibiotics that became antiviral methodologies that became treatments that became ventilation that became the ability to remove stuff that became, that became all these things. And for a long time, doctors during that transition still shot from the hip, right? This comes from a Ted talk that I watched um, where they were talking about using checklists from post-surgical doctors in, in a hospital. And they found that the mortality rate went down by like 40% by simply having those brilliant cowboy surgeons, smart guy, gal room, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Follow a stupid checklist and say, did I give them the shot I was supposed to give them afterwards? Did I pull all the sponges out? Yes, no, I had four. That's what it says on the form. I now have four. I'm gold. Those are what airplane people have dealt with forever, right? Airplane mechanics, pilots, they, they've always had checklists, even though they were amazing. Yeah, but there's this true. stigma right now in, 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 in technology that still was the same stigma, I imagine, as, as people started building houses and had oversight. But that same stigma is I don't need that. I'm, I'm the smart person. I've got I don't. Need, and my argument is, as you go to meet court and as you and it doesn't land on as much ears in Canada as it does in the U.S., right? We're significantly more litigious. But as you see privacy legislation, as you see GDPR, as you see those things coming out that will bring that pain of loss to the general business over time so they can start changing the oar in the water to make the boat turn. We have to go down the same path doctors did. They became under the regulation of certain guidelines. They went through an apprenticeship. They had some barrier to entry. Well, we're not going to be there for a long time, boys and girls. But what we can do is meet the reasonable person rule. When you start taking your CISSP or any of your guidelines from ISC squared or from, from, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out, CompTIA, any of them, they talk about the reasonable man rule. And I call it the reasonable person rule because I do like to be inclusive. But the reasonable person rule says, would a reasonable person or 12 of them <laughs> looking at your actions find it to be reasonable? Well, there's a lot of burden there right now because technology is not understood by the general populace. It's, there's a prosecutorial challenge in a lot of these things. There's no case law. There's not much precedence. Like we have a lot of problems. So you're okay right now. But the argument is start building defensible action. Start showing I'm going to start here with a, with a bad policy that says I cannot find this out. Like if you looked at control one of CIS, yep. it says what enterprise assets are touching your data? Well, if you have bring your own device, you might not be able to answer that. If you don't have great processes to trim and add devices when they touch data, you might not be able to answer but write down what you do do, write it down. Here's how I do it, it sucks. And then review those. And there's only 18. So my argument is following the framework, NIST, CSF, uh, there's tons of them, okay? I use CIS, there's 18 controls and they're simple things like have malware prevention, have an ERP or not ERP, yeah, have an inter enterprise yeah. resource planning, great idea. <laughs> no, don't have an ERP, you know, but have an EDR, right? <laughs> have protections that, that, that makes sense. They reduce the bell curve of the risk. They reduce the 85% of the risk. And then when you read those policies, a lot of people read these CIS controls and they say, well, that's pretty generic. It doesn't say, right. It's meant to be iterative. You need to show improvement over time. And part of that word is you need to be able to show it, which means it has to be documented. It has to be written down. It has to be accessible. It has to be able to be shown as an operational part of your world. Security isn't tools. Security is finding the tools you need that meet and deliver what you said you're going to deliver in your policy, that have the efficacies understood, that have the risk understood, and you're not going to get there in a day. So the point is, find a way, add it to your traction, add it to level 10 as, as, a, as a rock. Find ways to drive that business process operation and maturity through your organization 
Because right now you don't have to do much of that to win the reasonable person rule because nobody knows what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Right. So, so have that is my argument. And, and people have taken that to mean very diminutively. Don't be good at what you do. That's not what I'm saying. No, I, I agree. Yeah. And, I, and I think, though, too, like the more I listen to this, the, the more I think of, you know, other things. Right. Like even today we talked about cars having seatbelts and airbags and stuff. But certainly that doesn't diminish all the risk of driving. Right. Like there's still certain things that are outside of our control. They keep making changes on things like that all the time. Right. Yeah. And to your other point, um, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I've lived that life, man. <laughs> <laughs> in the land of the uh, no perspective. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but I love I love that idea. And again, it's not insulting or saying that we have to be shitty at what we do. What it's saying is we're doing the best we can, and and no one else can do it better. So even right. though it's not perfect. Yes. Yeah. Be better is all I'm asking for and start where you are like that. That's honestly the point. And people beat me up over that. And, and purists want it to be perfect. I live as a realist. I understand that the, the support community, the arms of the MSP is the way we're going to solve this problem. It is. But that means they have to be better fighters. They have to understand what a guard does. They have to understand what an offensive line is supposed to do. They have to understand the play and where this whole, where this is going to come. And they have to understand their adversary to some extent. And, and I'm not saying they have to do it themselves. I'm never advocating you to start your own sock right now. I'm not saying that's even a feasible thing. I'm saying find out what you, you can get, what things you can move with your clients, how much you can sell, what are you going to have to do to educate them? How are you going to drive this through? But the first thing is work on your own internal policy. Find your gaps. Know thyself. Know you. Know where you can be better. There's things you as a business can do to fix you so that you're not the central point of injection and attack for all of the others, right? So that is one I will say you have to be better at, right? Really better. But I do yeah. want to take it back one thing. You made a car point and, right, we have seatbelts, we have airbags, but we also generally expect the welds in the car to be fine. And we generally expect them to use quality materials and we generally expect them to have gone through testing. And then after testing, we generally expect them to have a, my advocation that I will say here publicly too, is our vendors, just like the people building houses back in the industrial revolution, have had the luxury of a cost-centric and opportunistic model for their software. Right. A lot of the risk we bear today as MSPs is that we are in some ways somewhat ignorant to those things that needed to have been there over the last 10 to 12 years or 15 years or 20 years. And we haven't had a voice and the people that have spoken up have been beaten down. And those 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 operational things, as you watch the MSPs mature, they won't last. And so much like the cars and the houses being built. They're going to start using quality materials. They're going to have software bill of goods. They're going to have the understanding of, and those things have to change, right? Like I'm with Kyle Hanselvin on the testing, but what we're all really trying to solve if we look forward in the future is this, what has been built still has to be profitable. It still has to move forward because we do need the tools, but we have to find ways to make sure that they are adding those same improvements that we're talking about for us. The same things that are missing for us have to be being added there. And, and I think that th that is another part of this, right? We can't trust our cars in some ways. And so, you know, yeah. 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 And, and, and we still have things like recalls and, you know, everything else. Right? True story. <laughs> yeah. But they do it and they hate it. They do. Yeah. But it's because they have the regulation or the pressure or the understanding of the risk if a body dies in their car when they're moving. Right. Yeah. It, but you don't have the same enough. recalls on, on things that won't kill you. No, I know. But believe me. Uh, losing your, you know, business or, you know, everything else is on another level deadly, right? I mean, that's true. That's, that's one of those things that we've always talked about is that to be human is not just to to eat food and drink water, right? It is, yeah, uh, we, we, we're validation seeking engines in general. Oh, yeah. As and trust me, I can tell you that the, <laughs> the pain of the heart when you're 14 years old is worse than anything that 
you know, to be incurred on the football field. Right. So, so I think it really is important, but I love this. I kind of liked the bruises actually. So yeah. yeah, you're right. I enjoyed the football field, like bumping against the chair and you're like, Oh man. And then you have like the, the grid pattern on your arm. Cause someone hit your Jersey so hard that it made a bruise in the shape. You're like, so wonderful. I, I don't know. I'm not a masochist, but man, oh, yeah, I like football. For me, it was uh, mountain biking, right? I'm a big mountain okay. bike fanatic and yep. uh, I love it, man. Every time I get out in a ride, I say no blood, no mud, no fun, right? Like, uh... yeah. So we've talked about my eye problem before, right? And I don't want to delve yeah. too much, but I made up with my beard barber. So for yeah. about six months, I thought my beard barber had stolen my sunglasses. Turns out he might have, but he found them and he's called me and said, hey, I got your sunglasses. So we're making up. So I won't have like the beard fang next week and I'll be all lined up. It's going to be so pretty. Well, let's but, talk yeah. about that a little bit because the thing, <laughs> and I know this is taking us off track here for a minute, but but I think it's kind of fun. So like I do see your uh, hashtag cyber Matt Lee, right? Yeah. The man on the beard. I love that. Yeah, man. Uh, but there is a charity or something coming up where potentially uh, you're going to lose that beard, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'll do it a hundred times. I think as I get closer, it'll be that same terror. Yeah. That, you know, it's like, damn it. This has been well, me for And, like and I'd years. like people to know so they can help. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm in a, I'm in a challenge. So I may have to change what I want to do. I want to give to about three or four charities, which puts me in a problem where I have to start a charitable organization because I can't receive the funds and then distribute them without challenge. I have to actually have something to vehicle to do that. So I don't have a webpage up yet, but the point is, is that um, I'm hoping to shave my beard and have a lot of businesses and people in the channel and MSPs contribute $10, $20, $20,000 towards charities. One of them is principally going to be uh, the Innocent Lives Foundation, uh, which is a group of hackers and activists and, and legal professionals that uh, chase down child predators uh, and, and find Amen. ways to add to the prosecutorial uh, uh, evidence for that. Um, and so a lot of anonymous friends of mine are part of that. Uh, and so I'd love to help aid, aid their cause. Um, and then anything above the hundred thousand. So this is getting wild, right? We're way out there. Uh, I would, I would start donating to other charities that MSPs bring up and, and add their name to. And so I'm trying to make that orchestratable, but. Well, that's great. And and make sure as uh, once the website uh, is available, we'll update this uh, oh, we'll podcast. Great. Yeah. And, and the, uh, and the video page to make sure we have that. And Carrie Simpson's running that. So if you have questions, Carrie Simpson and Ian Richardson or Carrie, Carrie Simpson Richardson and <laughs> Ian Richardson <laughs> are yes. running that. Oh, yeah, that's great. So. Awesome. But thank you. you. Yeah. Well, we're going to shave it live at it nation. I'm going to have logos in my beard and we're going to shave it off. <laughs> that's awesome. I have not seen my chin in 20 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Well, as you know, Matt, I uh, traditionally have the Wolverine chops. Uh, you do. And they're well. legit, man. Like they are <laughs> so good. I've not seen better for that. Just your hairstyle and everything's perfect for it, man. I yeah, love it. But I got rid of them and, uh, and I, you know, one day they'll be coming back, but I feel that I have to deserve to have them back. And I don't feel like, Oh, I'm, I don't feel like I do right now, man. Okay. So, I got um, you. I lived that life a little bit. No, mine's going to grow back day zero. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start pushing like, that as hard as i can hope oh. some of it squeezes out you know now i took but, us uh, off track i'm going to put us back on okay. track. <laughs> yeah fair and, uh one of the things that you know when we think of security i think of just small things right so yeah. i noticed that there are some that are there are some changes happening just like we saw with cars and other things i'll give an example so when i uh, log into certain applications now and and heaven forbid i forget my password or something right yeah, that yeah. there are different ways now to be able to authenticate who i am to say oh wait a minute you've lost access let's figure this out let's figure out who you are and see if you deserve access back yeah, without yeah. the lowly password right so are are there certain things like that that you see that are that are that are fundamentally going to have to change to get us 
to where you're talking about to get us better? You know, I, I'll, I'll take it to football again in the sense that, you know, the first time someone came up with, or anything, take it to soccer, I don't care, or, you know, football in your mind, I suppose. But, you know, if, if, you, if, if you take it to sports in that way, the first time someone invents a new play, basketball, the defense to it has zero defense. The same thing as, as the give and take of viruses and the give and take of, of bacteria in our, in our world and around, around us. There's always this growth and then counter growth, right? Response growth. Um, so I, I think the, the challenge is, are there a lot of fundamentals like that? Yeah, I think the first time we get to one core identity-centric model, um, and, and there is a cliff coming here. Um, I'll, I'll add this to, the, to this conversation uh, from a talk track perspective. So if you imagine that there's this other piece, so we have this giant cybersecurity challenge, we have that growth, everybody's trying to grow, but we also have this, this other thought experiment. If you close your eyes and dream and you're starting a new company today and you're going to go sell widgets, you're going to hopefully get the right advice and you're going to start up with one identity centric model, whatever that's Azure Active Directory, whether that's Google, whether that's AWS, I don't care. You have one central identity. It's likely Microsoft right now. It's the easier of that. We're, we're totally indoctrinated. But you're now using M365 business. I'm going to go get Salesforce online and I'm going to tie in through SSO to my Salesforce online. And that'll be a script. You know why that'll be a script? Because every single Salesforce and every single Microsoft is just a quid difference. So the, <laughs> the point is someone will enable that and make that so simple so that when you start a new business, you bolt into these third-party applications. Like you've seen sign in with Facebook, you've seen sign in with Microsoft. The companies are starting to build that architecture. Just like I said, as the cars get better and being forced to deal with this, they're gonna fix those things. So as you see that and you see the Salesforces and you see the, the QuickBooks Onlines and those integrable pieces, then you could imagine that anyone with something else has an anchor tied around their neck. And as I raise the tide, let's not lie. Some people will drown because they'll be chained too close to the bottom. Mm. Right. And so the point is, is that those then become anchors. So when I say you have a cliff, you start having this situation where even the giant MSPs, even the Iconics and the Integrises and the, the, all of the big, big MSPs, I could start an MSP, be only in the situation where I take Goldilocks clients, clients that have just started, that are in that model, that are easy, easy to convert. They're on the only SaaS apps. They only have their local Active Directory for just the shit of it, right? When you start getting into those clients, if I only took those clients and I converted them, they're now a script away. Everything I used to spend plates on is a script, literally. Everything I used to hire a technician for is one engineer writing great scripts or one company that makes that easy for me. I am now there to counsel them on taking the same scalpel, the same sword, and going and being better than their competition with the same tools because everybody's going to have the same tools. I Down the it. road, it's all going to be the same tools. So when I talk about a cliff coming, you could reinvent your security to be centric around those models so that your value add is, I'm going to take that Microsoft tool you have. I'm going to run the scripts that do the right stuff. But you could even see orchestration of experience happening, West. Like oh, imagine yeah. you want to do SSO turn on. Now, when I turn on this, this track, it's going to send your people an email with a video that pops up with a Vimeo link that says, here's what you're going to experience. Please do this on your cell phone. If you don't have that, please talk to your administrator. We'll be glad to talk to Sally. We could custom make that and set up these tracks to deliver hundreds of companies with two employees, right? And set that experience. It's always the same. And you can refine that and get better and better. And the companies will get better and better. And my, my point is, is that as we see this deep aggregation to Ford, Chrysler, Mercedes, we have some understanding that the market improves. Right. That the quality of goods improve as long as there's a mature enough market consuming it. And so we're starting to see a maturing market. We're starting to see new companies be better than their competition and take dollars out of their hands because they're going to be faster, more agile, quicker. They can work from Starbucks. They 
don't have the anchors and horse shittery that the old company had. So if we as MSPs think that we can take the arm and the army of what we do, the project, the, the, the handholding, the VCIs, the QBRs, the capabilities to come guide them, we better be preaching to them that their competition is brewing in a garage somewhere and it's going to whip their ass for $30 a month <laughs> in cost. Like, let's yeah. just be honest. That's a, that is, a I think, a reality. Now, I may be right, wrong on the timeline, but I'm not usually right, wrong on what the pattern seems to play out to be. I'm pretty right. good at variable understanding. And so I, I feel like if we move this needle that direction and we start saying, I'm going to follow CIS, but I'm going to tell my clients, I have one security offering I can do for you in your local space. I'm going to have tools and all this stuff, yeah. but I have this really polished security offering I can do if we tool, tie into all I am. And I'll help people understand what that would mean. If we were on one identity first, which is this, we went all the way back to what was the requisite. Yep. We're on one identity first, then now I can set escalating controls in one centric place. I can have one source of MFA, one source of truth. I don't have passwords scattered everywhere. I have one source to attack, which is great. Everybody's like, yeah, but that makes it much easier for people to attack. True story. And yep. defend. Yep. If I know I the rules defend. of football, <laughs> I know how to defend the plays that are coming. I know how to adapt to that shotgun they just started throwing. And I know how to move my safeties around. I know the componentry of what I'm allowed to do in the rule space. And I think what's happening is if you had Microsoft or Google or AWS, I don't want to be exclusive of anyone, but if you had Microsoft as your centric point, I could make a conditional access policy that says, West, if you're signing into your email at home, you can use your home computer. No problem. It needs to be this or it needs to be that. You might be able to add that in, right? We did it. I deployed yep. to a health agent and said, hey, listen, I'm at least check, make sure it's not compromised massively, right? Like we want to make sure. But if you wanted to sign into lab tech or into Tiger Paw, or if you wanted to sign into something that had some merit and value and escalating risk to you and your customer, you had to be on an Azure Active Directory joint machine that right. was fully healthy, that met, met our compliance policy, that was inside this ring, that had these tools installed that would do, boom, what a different surface area of risk, West. Yeah. Right? And, and like and you said, I, defensibility, yeah. right? Like. I, I love this idea. And, and sorry, I keep thinking in terms of analogies because I am not. A That's how my brain works, man. I'm an and analogy guy. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if you had a car where you had to have five different keys? So like for a four door <laughs> car and yeah. it's like, oh, wait a minute. You want the left door open? That's this key or. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, don't worry, we'll get a password manager and we'll call it a key ring with little different colors on it. So you know that right. the red keys, like swear to God, like we've been through this before, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and now you have a fob or a phone app and well, doesn't that centralize the risk? It does, but boy, I can defend that spot. I know what I have. And at the point of that consumption, I'm gonna have the point of protection. Yeah, it's right? really like the device is the new yeah. firewall. I, I love it. And yeah, this idea of centralizing that and simplifying it. And, I, and I'm really glad you said it that way though, is that some people would say, that it gives the uh, the ability for people to really you know get in there and kind of hammer everything from one spot, story. but so much easier to defend yeah. too, right? Well, well, and let's talk about it in, in CIS, so the defensibility aspect. Yeah. So you need to talk about your things and how they tie into each of the 18. So I would just start by very much going through reading them the best you understand. They're not hard. They're very prescriptive. And then look at your systems and see how much you can write policy towards and what you what covers what. So you can use that as a marketing conversation. So you can use that as how we do business. You can use that as a map of where your gaps are. You can meet that know thyself. We talk about CIS and, and understand that they talk about things and grade them in and basically protect, detect, identify, respond, recover. Right. And so when you think about that, the identify is, do I know myself? Where's my data? Where's my assets? Well, if you only allow it to come from central spaces like CA, like conditional access and Microsoft, you know exactly where it is. 
right? And, and you have to have policies that stop people from setting up other systems, but you could also put in technical controls to stop people from setting up other systems like DNS protection that stops them from going to the sites or a CASB or a, a, a SASE edge, but you can start with nothing and get better at those things, right? And, but as you start realizing, the more you centralize on one tool, you have one answer that answers all of them for everyone universally in some way, right? And so what I'm getting at though, is if you also centralize your point of attack, you are now centralizing your point of detect, you're now centralizing your point of recover and respond, right? And, and so, you, you know, you start getting into this understanding that we, the counterpoints are accurate, but they also make the point, right? If I have to go de detect where all they found my password is being reused on all the different systems we touch, how am I going to do that? But if I have that centrally authenticated and authorized at one point, one point of collection, one point of discovery, one point of... Right, I, I can I can fight from there, and more importantly, I can talk about that as Camelot. I can talk about that and explain the pains of it. I can tell you what the risk is. I can help explain because what we really have to transition to West as MSPs is just a risk conversation, mm. real risk, not histrionic risk, not 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 the sky is falling, but just <laughs> understand there's a chance Microsoft goes down. You might be down for an entire day, but guess what? Everybody's down, and everybody that's affected by it isn't mad at anybody. They all hate it. They all say, ah, Microsoft, damn it, but they all still consume it. And the, the point is, is like, it's a difference then. That server went down. My MSP sucked at getting back up. Yeah, he'd been talking to you about HA for like two years. And he'd been talking, like, you get into that. That's gone. The traditional plate spinning part of our world, if the world was all on these central space cloud like companies and identities, becomes a choosable conversation for an MSP, right? It's, it's always the same. It always has the same nuances, which means I don't have to hire the technical people in the same way. I, I can hire business school kids. I can hire people that can talk about business, that can analyze how I can improve your business by using better process flows, by helping you with your data, by helping remove risk for your data, by helping educate you in how to protect your own self because the human element is just as important. By doing all those things, I can make you a better company. Yeah, and, and this, I, this, I, this idea of one throat to, to choke, right? So that, yes, it sucks when it's down, but then they're working on the, the same problem for everybody, right? So yeah. you got to figure the resources they can throw at that because it's one problem. And, and I do remember- And the maturity the of their product, right? Like right. in reality, you start seeing this maturing product, kind of like Mercedes. They have a very refined process flow of how they get a car out of the door. Yeah, right? like, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and, it's an, and it's a neat thing too, because I can remember- you know, with that, like I'm Office 365 now, right? And I know that uh, sort of some of the, uh, in the past when people sort of had on-prem uh, email servers or other things, that there were some security stuff that went down last year, right? Yeah, still happening. They're still being enumerated right now. Still, wow. Yeah, and, and that's gotta be, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, this is not my, uh, you know, field of expertise, right? But it's gotta be much harder to sort those because you'd have to sort them up for each and every customer, right? And like, their hearts and minds, West. Uh, you know, yeah. And that's the challenge, right? I don't need to go down. You have a big project. Can you understand how big this project? I cannot reboot this. Sir. That's all gone, MSPs. Like oh, we've yeah. all lived it. I lived it. I've been at MSP for 10 years. Like I've lived it. I know it. I'm not trying to fall on deaf ears. I'm trying to say, if I wanted to pick what I would coach, I'd coach the ones that are all in the same monolithic system, all the same tools, and I find ways to make them better with them. Right. Right. We don't, you know, if you think, think about that exchange, let's just talk about the exchange part. It would come down to do they have high availability where they could actually reboot and take it down very quickly and have 
Nope, probably not. They didn't want to buy the extra servers. Do they have the uh, best hardware? So it's really fast. Maybe, but, nah, they didn't want to spend the SSDs. Okay, do they have the good networking capabilities? Do they have enough bandwidth to do the things they're trying to do? They have enough of the, have the servers been updated? Are they on enough active directory schema? Are they on server 2008, 8R2, 12, 12R2, 16, 19, 20? Are they on exchange 2013, 2016, 2019, 2000? Bro, like you start thinking about the nuance and delineations. What you're also talking about is a normalization of variables. You're also talking about it's the same API. It's the same script. It's just a different tenant ID and a different shared secret and a different enterprise app ID. Like I don't change much and I now can write a very scalable capability that's the same script signed, able to be more secured, able to be maybe obfuscated in some ways. There's things that can change this world. Like we're starting to talk about a much more modern world where the bolt looks like the bolt on the other side. Right. Right. And I can take the space station and you can make it in China and I can make it in the US and we can make it in Japan and we can make it in Russia. And we would believe that the ability to measure the part, the ability to read the schematics, the ability to make the holes line up when we meet 30,000 feet, whatever it is above us, that they line up every time, every time. Why? Maturity, operational processes, capabilities, right? We haven't done that in cybersecurity, not at the SMB. And I would argue even at the enterprise level, there's still the same nuance of fighting the hearts and minds challenge. Once those hearts and minds are out of the equation, you're simply consuming a SaaS product. I, I bring you, have you ever heard of the pizza as a service? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, there's no. A, look it up. There's pizza as a service. And it talks about how if you're making the pizza at home and you got to get the dough and you got to get the bread and you got to make the dough and you got to then pay, bake it and get the table set, and put the candles out. That is having your server at your office, right? Right. If, if we had salmonella in the dough, your problem, bro. Sorry to hear it, right? And when you start moving up into infrastructure as a service and software as a service, platform as a service, before software as a service, and software as a service, you would hope and imagine in the future, the predominance is the people making my software are using platforms as a service and especially hybrid platforms as a service, right? So they can switch, um, right? And then I'm consuming software as a service. And when you get to that, it's like going to the pizza restaurant. And you've got a waiter and they're going to refill your Pellegrino so I don't have to run upstairs every time. And they're going to they're going to bring me my pizza. And if I spill the water, they're going to have a nice gentleman or lady come over and clean up the water. And I'm going to tip them and I'm going to walk out. Now, did I pay more? Yeah, but why the hell do most Americans choose to go to a damn restaurant, Wes? Right. right? That's, there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the same thing plays out when we start talking about the predictability of walking into the pizza place that I love and expecting the same people and the same thing. I think we're going to see the same because thing that's in, what in they software do. services. Yeah. 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 They're I mean, good at it, it because that's what they do. Yeah. And then let's take it back to the vendor. So now let's say you're making software. I want to make software and I'm going to distribute it and I'm going to hope people update and I'm going to pray that they do it and they don't mind the operational and chat and I don't know, no, 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 or we are going to set up our cloud services so that we can update our test field and our A-B testing, and we'll get that piece updated in our dev environment, and then we'll change it out live in production, and the next time you refresh your browser, it's just going to be... That's the way it works, man. Which yeah. one would you want to try to defend against once somebody tells you about a vulnerability? My point is, you start well, looking at those things and how they reduce my surface area of risk. I don't have an application to update. I now have this shared responsibility model with this SaaS provider. I'm hoping that if that happens, you can also legislate that a lot better. If you ask people what cloud means, especially even in vendors and enterprise vendors coming down, for them, enterprises are still living hybrid cloud. They make their own code. They do a lot of the stuff that forces them to live in a world like a developer, right? And so when they think and they try to come down in our world, these enterprise salespeople are trying to assume that, that me going to cloud means Azure VMs. Right. Microsoft, same, com same conversation. They're so used to the enterprise that as they try to apply that to the SMB, they're broken, brother. Because mm -hmm. the point is the SMB needs to consume 
Canva and sign in with my IM from Microsoft. And I need to use this. And I sign, and I do that. I do that as a human person. My, my personal account's West. I pay for a Microsoft account. I pay for my family a Microsoft account for 20 bucks a month for every single one of them. And I sign into everything with IM. And I have a FIDO token for everything I sign into. Do you think my personal posture is a little bit hardened comparative to what somebody else is doing with passwords? Not even a password manager. You're using yeah. Summer 7, 22 <laughs> times. Like, guys, like my, my, my argument is like, we can be the agent of action as MSPs to take people down this journey, or we can be the recipient of action of people going down this journey. I don't think it changes the journeys happening. Uh, right. Kind of- I love it. Hey, listen, and in respect for uh, your time and also for our viewers and listeners, we are getting to that point. And I always do like to ask, you know, just one final question before I let you go. And of course, this is, uh, I call it the impossible question, right? But if okay. it's, if it's if you could recommend or suggest one thing for our listeners and viewers to to make their security more defensible, what would that be? Go walk through the CIS controls and write down policy, no matter how bad it is, and give yourself a reality check of how effective you can actually be at delivering security. Um, and if you do that, there'll be things you might not understand, but really you can walk through it. Incident response. One whole control is having an incident response plan. How many how many people have a written down incident response plan? Well, we got a smart guy. He's going to, no, no, nothing. Just write it down. Like be bad at it. (laughs) So uh, for everyone that's listening and watching, I will make sure that there's a link. And I'm assuming that there is like, like when you talk about the 18 controls that there is. Yes. CISB8. I can get you that. Yeah. CISecurity.org. Awesome. That'd be great. I'll make sure everybody has that. And I think that's the best piece of advice to go with. Right. Because as we talked about earlier, uh, this idea of the pilot going around and checking the plane, none of us are beyond, none of us are that good where we don't, uh, we couldn't be better doing a checklist, right? Amen. Yeah, the checklist awesome. is either universally wrong or universally right. Not <laughs> well, Mr. Matt Lee, I really appreciate it, brother. And uh, until next time, everybody, thank you for tuning in to Tiger Paw Radio and Tiger Tube. And remember, keep learning. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpod.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.